Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me on the show. My name is Matt Zapala for any new listeners out there, and I am the host of the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. Guys, I'm so grateful for the amazing opportunities I've had to chat with all of the incredible guests on the podcast. And this week is another incredible person. Sammy Rose needs no introductions. She's an extremely influential health coach spreading an important message through her everyday life. She's built an incredible following on social media due to her authenticity and no BS approach to health and fitness. She aims to take the stress out of training and eating and proves to you guys that there's no such thing as a perfect fitness life. Sammy educates you guys on the power of listening to your body and teaching you how to provide your body with what it needs when it needs it. She's doing a great job working with women on how to change the way they approach their training and nutrition and we spoke about common misconceptions and addresses key issues that not only females experience in a gym environment but males too. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did folks. Sammy Rose, welcome to the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. Awesome to have you on. So glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Just to paint the picture for you guys, we are currently recording over Zoom while I'm sitting here in Melbourne with my new puppy buddy sitting on my lap after just destroying my house for the past half an hour. So a little bit stressed, but pumped to get into the podcast. And Sam, you're over (laughs) in Brisbane. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Sammy, I love everything that you're doing in the health and wellness space, in particular, everything that you're doing with women's health. But first, I want to really backtrack and and talk about what life was like for you growing up. Cool. Um, Well, I guess in a nutshell, I was not the most active of people. Um, I was never like a sporty kid or anything like that. I did um, dance from like three years old to like my late teens. So that was kind of like my form of activity, but I was never a sporty kid. Like I I never really did much at school in terms of like PE or team sports or anything like that. So I kind of grew up not with a massive, you know, physical activity kind of background. Um, So when I stopped dancing in my late teens, like I had kind of gained weight pretty quickly because that was my only form of exercise and I hadn't really signed up to a gym or anything at that point um so I gained a fair bit of weight in my late teens and early 20s um and just got to a point where I felt really uncomfortable um I had joined a gym but I wasn't going very frequently and I wasn't really eating very well so I reached a point where I got to about mm, 75 ish kilos which is a fair bit for someone that's 156 centimeters. So I was in the overweight category um, and just didn't feel very good about myself and wanted to sort of make a change. So I think I didn't really get into health and fitness seriously until I was probably, I don't know, 23, 24. I started to work a little bit harder at it. Um, And it all just kind of snowballed from there. But in terms of like my teens and early 20s, you know, I was, I was never a sporty kid. So I definitely never anticipated that I would end up being a personal trainer. And I'm sure my friends from high school are so shocked at who I am now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's funny how life takes you on these spirals and, and you end up being the person who you never thought you would be back in your, in your teenage years, isn't it? Yeah, it's so wild. <laughs> awesome. And were you, did you grow up in Brisbane your whole life? Were you born there? Talk to us a little bit about that. No, I'm from Melbourne, actually, originally. Um, So my family is still there in Melbourne, um, in the outskirts of Melbourne, um, in a town called Humevale, which is like towards King Lake area. Yeah. Um, So really small town, um, you know, there's not a whole lot there. And we kind of had to travel about 30 minutes to get anywhere that was kind of like a suburb. So it was a little bit far away. Yeah, definitely. And what was life like growing up in Melbourne and what sort of sparked your move over to Brisbane? Um, I mean, Melbourne was good. I loved it at the time. I, I never really expected to move, but um, the reason I ended up moving to Brisbane was I did a Kentucky tour when I was 25. I went to the US um, and I made a bunch of friends that lived on the Gold Coast and I just, I loved the lifestyle and I loved spending time with them. So I was kind of doing a trip every, 
I'd say probably every second or third month um, after my Kentucky and like visiting all my friends. And after about a year of doing that, I was like, I love these people. I love having a good time up there and like the weather and everything like that. So I decided to move, but Brisbane was just a little bit better work-wise because I was still working in a corporate job then. Um, So it was just a bit easier for me to find work. Um, And yeah, I've been here ever since and I absolutely love it. Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned before that going through high school, you you weren't really into sports and you were more into the dance sort of area, which sort of look, took you down the path of working in a corporate corporate environment. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. And what was that sort of what were the emotions going through your through your head at the time working working in that environment and and you know dealing with the nine to five hours as opposed to what you're doing now with the split shifts in the personal training world? Um, I mean, I loved it at the time. I was really passionate about it. I was working for, um, I was working as like a planner buyer for retail companies. So when I was in Melbourne, it was country road head office. Um, and I was there for several years. Um, and I really loved it. I thought it was great. And, you know, I had a solid routine where I, you know, started at eight thirty and finished at five had a decent lunch break. I could train in my lunch break if I wanted to, or, you know, after work, I knew exactly what time I was going to finish every day. So it was good routine wise. Um, but probably lifestyle wise, like I definitely prefer what I'm doing now because I have a little bit more flexibility with my day. Um, and you know, when you work in a corporate environment, there's always things like work drinks and social events and, you know, going out for like Friday afternoon drinks and now I don't have that. So as much as I'm lacking the social scene and like having people to work around, it's also kind of like more suited to my lifestyle because I'm not really a big drinker anymore. So I think, you know, the lifestyle that I was leading working in an office was definitely, you know, the social stuff was more of a priority than like health and fitness and the people that I surrounded myself with weren't really into that. Um, like when I was in Melbourne, a lot of my work colleagues were a fair bit older than me and had families and stuff. So no one was like super into the gym. Um, so I kind of found it hard to like find a rhythm with that because I didn't really have you know, that encouragement kind of thing. They were just like, let's get pasta for lunch and let's go for a drink after work and that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, from that compared to now, um, it's just like a totally different lifestyle. And I guess, yeah, a big part of that is just being in a different working environment. Yeah. Awesome, Sammy. And just backtracking a little bit before you mentioned that going growing up you were you were quite overweight and I can personally relate with that all through my teenage years and in particular through primary school I was heavily overweight and I was I was always it was brought down to the amount of food that I was consuming and if you don't mind me asking what was the the antagonist like the catalyst for you being overweight was it the lack of physical exercise was it the amount of food that you're consuming the stress in your life what was happening there Um, Well, I guess like when I was younger, like when I was a kid, I was never like overweight, but I was definitely a little on the chubby side, but like I wouldn't, it was never really an issue. I just felt like I was always a little bit bigger than my friends, but um, most of my like weight gain was after I finished high school. Um, And it was probably more just, yeah, a combination of not doing a whole lot of activity. Um, I'd cut back on my dancing. I'd gotten to the age where I was drinking and going out and having a lot of social stuff going on. Um, and I was in a not great relationship in my like late teens and early twenties, um, that I think was also unhelpful to the way that I felt about myself. And that kind of just led me to drinking a lot more, eating a lot more, just generally like not taking care of myself because I just didn't feel great um I had a lot of like stress in my life from that relationship and so it was honestly just a little bit of everything um it was never really an issue until I probably hit about 19 or 20 and that's where everything just kind of went downhill for a little while yeah awesome Sammy and 
I know a lot of people in, in particular in Australia can go th- can relate with that once they start to hit that drinking age, end up being a little bit more social and, and along with the drinking becomes the late night junk food and, and, and it becomes like a, a spiral effect from there. What was your first realisation where you knew you wanted to make a change and you knew you wanted to go down this career in the health and fitness industry or even prior to wanting to make a career out of it, wanting to sort of take control of your health? Um, well, I guess I got to a point, um, where I just felt really self-conscious, um, that relationship that I just mentioned had ended and I was like, oh my God, I have to be single and get back in this social scene. And I do not feel great about myself. I don't feel confident. I don't want to like talk to people. I, you know, was surrounding myself with great friends, but friends that were all like naturally thin and beautiful. And it made me feel really self-conscious that I was going out to a nightclub and I would wear a cardigan over my dress because I felt like my arms looked fat. So I, I just, I knew I'd hit a point where I was like, I don't want to feel this way about myself anymore. I want to feel more confident. I want to feel like how my friends feel where they just like don't even think about how they look, you know, they just can put on whatever and feel good. And I was like, I want that feeling. Um, so you know, I was tired of like untagging myself in Facebook photos because I was embarrassed with a bad angle or, you know, I just, I didn't want to feel that way anymore. So that was really my first step. Um, you know, my first realization and I, there wasn't like a particular moment. It was just all of a sudden I was like, I just, I'm so sick of feeling like this. It's not good for me and I'm the only one that can change it. So that's where I got more serious about, you know, getting regular in the gym. I tried to change my eating habits and walk more instead of catching a tram in Melbourne, you know, I'd walk to work and it was maybe a 30 minute walk each way. Um, and I just started making small lifestyle improvements. And from there, like I just got more and more into it over the years until it got to a point where I was like, I'm feeling great about myself. I'm putting this out on social media and I'm getting so many people telling me that I'm motivating them and inspiring them to do the same. And that's, kind of where the idea sort of came from in terms of personal training it was just more I had changed my life and gotten to a point where I felt really good and really confident and I wanted to give other people that same feeling so I was like I'm just gonna learn more to also help myself but to be able to potentially like give this feeling to someone else Amazing, Sammy. And we are going to dive right into everything that you're doing with with the personal training and in particular with women's health. But I want to backtrack a little bit to that first step. So I know a lot of people, in particular my clients, they struggle to take that first step. And a lot of people are in that same boat. Looking back now, do you have any tips for people at home that are in a similar position and are struggling to to take that first step? What are some bits of advice for them? Um, really just take a small step. I think where I went wrong the majority of the time is trying to go from zero to a hundred and doing like a crash diet. I honestly did every diet you could think of. And I'd be like, I'm going to train six days a week and I'm going to do all of this stuff. And I was just setting myself up for failure because I just, I couldn't do that or, you know, it would last a week or two and then I wouldn't keep it up and I would beat myself up over it and feel like failure. So I think like the best way to go about it is instead of, you know, completely cutting carbs or going, you know, balls to the wall with your training, like take small steps and make small improvements to your lifestyle so that it's a natural progression. And it might mean that, you know, initially your results are a little bit slower, but it's going to be a lot easier for you to transition into and be like a longer term, you know, sustainable approach. So for me, it was, you know, instead of catching the tram to work, I would start walking and I just set myself three times a week I was going to go to the gym initially and then that way if I got a fourth it was a bonus if I got a fifth even better but you know my minimum where I set the bar was a little bit lower where I knew a hundred percent I could do this every single week and anything more is an extra and you know I went from um, drinking like normal sugar coke to coke zero and all of those small little swaps that are really easy to make and you don't really notice too much of it at once um and I was not really eating very well. So there was a time where I'd eat like pizza shapes for lunch, like just an entire box of pizza shapes at my desk. And that was my lunch. So i made a conscious effort that I needed to eat real meals, less takeaway, um, not completely eliminate it, but I was like, look, it's pretty easy to just prepare at least my lunch. So I know I've got a really healthy lunch every day. And then if I want to be a bit more flexible with my dinner, 
cool. So, you know, then it was that one meal that I swapped and then I focused on having a healthier breakfast. And then I, you know, once I was kind of nailing everything, I just kind of kept adding more and more on, but it was only, you know, one small step every week or two that I had to change. So it wasn't like I had to completely overhaul my life all at once. So that's definitely my biggest tip is just, you know, don't try and conquer everything at once. Maybe just start with your nutrition or just start with your training and try and just make slow improvements, you know, replace bad habits with better habits and, you know, swap around some of your food bit by bit so that you're not having to completely give up your entire life and turn into this new person overnight because it's not really a helpful way to go about things because I think it's got a very limited time span for you to be able to do that and actually stick with it. Um, So the slower you can do it, honestly, the better. And it means it's just going to feel like a natural progression into a healthier lifestyle. There you go, guys. Sammy, that is one of the best bits of advice that I've personally ever received myself. And I wish when I was going through my weight loss period that I knew this straight away because as a consumer, there are so many different crash diets and, and different like training regimes that you can do to be able to help you lose weight where it's restrictive and it's and it's unsustainable and as a consumer there's so much yelling and screaming you don't know what option to go with but guys i can't stress enough that is the best advice that you can get in terms of weight loss or or fitness goals awesome Sammy, you touched on results before. When you first started going and getting a, a sustainable regime and something that you were you were really happy to to commit to, what results were you seeing initially? And were they slow progress at first or, or did you make some big gains at the start? Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, I would say initially, weight loss wise, I did lose probably the first three to four kilos came off pretty quickly only because I went from an absolute trash lifestyle, you know, eating rubbish all the time, drinking a lot. So as soon as I made just a few small changes and, you know, walked more and just made a little bit of an improvement to my nutrition, um, that first little bit of weight naturally fell off quite easily. So I was stoked with that, but I guess just through making those few small changes, I was probably saving about 500 calories a day compared to what I was eating previously. So as much as it didn't feel like I was making a huge change, the calorie intake was probably significant enough that it kind of pushed me along pretty quickly. Um, I lost a lot of bloat straight away just by making healthier choices. I was drinking a little bit more water and obviously through trying to eat healthier meals, I was having more fiber as well. So everything just kind of kicked up a notch within the first month or two. Um, So I did feel like I got a little bit of a kickstart there um, and it was unintentional. I wasn't trying to lose a kilo a week or anything like that, but I just, I found that I got a little bit of a head start just from a few small changes and that was enough to motivate me to keep going. But um, things definitely slowed down after those first few kilos um, and it, it does kind of, affect your motivation a little bit, I guess, where you're previously, you know, losing weight pretty quickly and you're like, okay, it's not really happening now. Am I doing something wrong? Um, so I did kind of go in waves. Um, and I wouldn't say it was like a steady progression of like constant weight loss. I had my ups and downs or I would, you know, be great for two or three months. And then I'd have, you know, a month off where I wouldn't train as much or, you know, I slipped a little bit with my eating habits and that was okay because, you know, I know I was not going back to how I was before. So even if it's five steps forward and one step back, it's still not back where I started. So I tried to be really patient with it. um, And I would say, yeah, it was really incremental um, the way I progressed. And I would kind of work on my nutrition for a little bit. And then I'd take a little bit of a breather, but then I'd get super motivated in the gym. So then I was more focused on getting stronger. And I kind of had different focuses throughout the years where I would progress in different ways. And it wasn't always about the weight loss. Um, But yeah, it definitely had its ups and downs. So as much as it was cool to get the kickstart initially and see some changes from there, it was really, really slow for a few years until Um, I really cracked down when I was prepping for bikini shows and that's probably when things started to speed up again because I learned a lot more um, about dieting and I was obviously pushing a bit harder throughout that process. 
Yeah, awesome, Sammy. I love the analogy you used before when you're taking five steps forward and one step back, you're still not where you were before. And there's a lot of sort of stress that comes along with people that slip up when really instead of looking at the negative aspect, start to look more to the, towards the positive aspect because you're definitely not far far back where you were in the, in the beginning. You're just still moving forward and we're only human. We're allowed to make mistakes. So that's another useful bit of advice for anyone that is struggling in a rough patch in their nutrition or their eating and they got weight loss or weight gain goals. Yeah, I think like it's human nature to have that kind of feeling of like, oh man, I stuffed up you know, I have to start all over again, but everyone's going to have those moments. Like even me now, I have times where I'm super focused and then times where I take a bit of a breather. I don't, you know, care too much about aesthetic goals right now. So in the grand scheme of things, like it probably looks like I've taken a bit of a step back. I've gained two or three kilos um, compared to where I was a couple of months ago, but I have other focuses now, so I'm not beating myself up over taking a bit of a backseat with my health and fitness because I've got other things to think about. So I think where people tend to go wrong is expecting everything to be perfect all the time in order to see progress. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to be 10 out of 10 on point every single week of your life to be healthy. And if you fluctuate a little bit or you gained a kilo over Easter or anything like that, you know, it's not the end of the world and you can still keep moving forward and you can progress at the rate that you choose to progress at based on the effort that you put in. And like a slip up is really not going to kill you in the grand scheme of things. Definitely. I can't stress that enough. And Sammy, you mentioned before you had a stint bikini modeling for the listeners at home. Can you explain firstly what that is and then what sort of sparked your interest in doing that? Yeah, well, um, so basically I had gotten into it through um, the sister of a friend of mine who was doing it and I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I was really intrigued by it. So, um, you know, all I knew about it was that this girl was dieting and training really hard um, for a competition and you get on stage and you show off your body and, you know, there's prizes. And I was like, it's such a wacky idea. And I thought it was really weird until I actually went and watched a show. And basically, um, for those who have no idea about it, there's, you know, several different divisions. It's basically like a form of bodybuilding, um, but you have bikini divisions, which are more just like your everyday kind of um, body shape, like not ridiculously muscular or anything like that. You have like your fitness categories, then obviously like your physique and your bodybuilding for men's and stuff like that. So um, it is a form of, um, I guess, more a physique competition more so than actual fitness um, because you don't do anything except pose. Um, But it does take quite a lot of work in the process leading up to looking a certain way for the stage. So you have to have, you know, a certain amount of muscle depending on the category that you're looking towards um, and a certain amount of body fat um, to look the way that they want you to look. So um, I didn't know too much about it when I first got into it, but I saw all these people on stage and everyone just looked so happy and confident. And I was like, this looks really cool. I've already lost probably about 12 kilos by then over a period of a few years. Um, And I was like, everyone looks amazing. So many people have abs. Like maybe this is what I need to push me towards my goal and like re-motivate me again because I'd kind of maintained where I was for, I don't know, a while at that point, maybe like a year where I was like roughly the same weight and I wasn't getting any further. Um, So I found it fascinating and I, I spoke to a coach and I was like, what do I need to do to do this? And we'd kind of put a plan in place. Um, I did like sit and think about it for a little while. I probably, I'd I'd say I waited about six months before I contacted a coach. I watched another show. I tried to get a better idea of it. Um, And then, yeah, I started prepping for my first show late 2014. And my first competition was May, 2015. Um, And I did well. I placed top five in like, I think like two or three of my categories that I was in. Um, And yeah, there was a lot of work behind it, but it was really fun and it was really addictive being on stage. And I guess growing up as a dancer, I was so confident on stage and I missed that feeling. Um, so that just kind of really got me into it. And I ended up doing nine shows in the space of two years. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it was fun at the time, but it was a lot on my body. And I guess I didn't realize how unhealthy a lot of the processes were at the time um, until I stopped competing and realized that what I was doing was probably not ideal for my body in terms of the amount of dieting and training like consistently that I had to do and the level of body fat that I had to get to to get on stage was not really optimal for health um but you know it's a hobby and people choose to do it and that's cool but it took me getting out of it to realize that it was not really for me yeah definitely and I commend the people that are prepping for shows or, or competing at the moment, the amount of willpower and and mindset that you have to have to be able to do that with your nutrition and, and your training is phenomenal. So I really commend them. For the listeners at home, Sammy, would you be able to take us through a typical prep for a show and what does it entail? Yeah, um, well, I guess for my experience, and I mean, everyone preps differently, so it's really hard to say, but for the most part, um, most of my preps were about 20 weeks, so about five months to prepare for each show. Um, and there's a lot of dieting, um, obviously, because you have to lose a fair bit of body fat. Um, no matter what your starting point is, like you're going to have to lose weight because no one really is walking around that stage weight. You have to be quite lean um, to get to where you need to be. Um, so most of the time I had at least like five or six kilos each time that I needed to lose. Um, and then after the show, I would like gain a few kilos back to get healthier and then repeat the process. So every time it was a solid five or so months of, of dieting pretty hard, pretty consistently, you know, having to miss out on social stuff, which was a little bit hard for me. Um, but you know, I, I enjoyed the process and I enjoyed the challenge and watching my body change. Um, and in terms of training, um, like for the most part, it was predominantly weights training, um, five to six days a week, trying to get stronger as well. Obviously, like the heavier you go, the more you're challenging your body. Um, but towards the end, there was a lot of cardio added on as well. So towards like the end of my competing career, um, when I was prepping for like my seventh, eighth and ninth show, which was all like in a, in a small proximity of each other. Um, I had been dieting for almost two years straight. You know, there was minimal breaks in between each show. Um, and my body was so, so tired that it wasn't really responding as well as it had in like my earlier shows. So I had to push a lot harder. Um, I had to do like at least an hour a day of cardio on top of my 45 to 60 minutes of weights. Um, my calories were really, really low in order to push for more change to my body fat. So, um, I think the more you diet a lot of the time, the less your body tends to respond because your metabolism does adapt, um, adapt and slow down a little bit and your body's just probably fatigued. So, um, for me, the results that I got in the first like one or two preps, they were a lot faster than how my body changed towards the end after doing it for so long. So I've really had to dig deep and push harder than I probably would ever do again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is phenomenal. The extent that people can push their bodies to in order to chase their goal. And Sammy, what sort of sparked your interest in pursuing a career in the fitness industry? Let's talk about that. Um, well, I guess it just more came from like my personal passion. I just continued to learn and grow as a person and get really into fitness. Um, and the more I learned for myself, the more I wanted to share that with other people. So um, I actually got my PT certification before I had even started competing. Um, I think I finished my qualifications like a few months before my first show. Um, but I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it at the time. I was um, mostly interested in doing boot camps, to be honest. Um, that was like what I really enjoyed. And that was a bit, um, a big part of how I motivated myself in sort of the year or two leading up to that. I was doing boot camps. I loved it. I loved the social aspect. So I had done the certification with the goal of like being a boot camp instructor um, but once I started competing and I was documenting my journey on social media, I had a lot of people contacting me asking, you know, can they train with me or asking for general advice? And I was like, okay, there's obviously like an interest here based on what I'm putting out on social media and might be, you know, a good transition to then look at 
personal training in a gym. So that's kind of what um, motivated me to do it. It was just that there was a demand there and I, I wanted to fill that demand and I was more interested in it once I had started prepping for my bikini shows and I wasn't doing as much of the boot camps. I was more so doing strength training and I realized how much I loved it. So I wanted to teach other people to do the same. So it was a really natural progression, I would say. It wasn't like an all of a sudden I wanted to be a PT. It was more just, I love doing this. I'm going to learn more about it and maybe teach other people to do the same. And then as my direction changed, that you know career path also kind of followed. Amazing, Sammy. And you mentioned before when you first got your qualification, you didn't really know what you wanted to do with it besides the boot camp. What sort of sparked your interest into working with women specifically? Um, I guess it's just my area of knowledge. Like I, I feel really comfortable with um, working with women and because I have experienced a lot of those kind of things myself, I just found like it was a better fit for me to work exclusively with women. Um, just cause I'm more familiar, I guess. And I like to work on a lot of, um, more like mindset related stuff, um, and improving people's confidence levels and body image. And I just, I found that the way that I tend to coach really does suit more a female mindset. So that again was just like a natural, um, choice of what I felt was a really good fit for me. And I think, um, being a role model to other women is, is really important to me. So. I just connect a little bit more with female clients. So I, I think I've only ever trained maybe one or two males um, in my entire career, but I, I'm exclusively women now. Amazing, Sammy. And you're doing incredible things in that space, which we're going to dive more into. But what, with your clients, what do you aim to achieve with them? Do you aim to be able to, to teach them holistically and be able to give them advice that they can go out and then, you know, adapt to their own life for the rest of their life. Talk to us a little bit about your, your process there. Yeah, well, I definitely aim to educate um, just as much as getting results. So that's a really big thing for me. You know, when a client signs up with me, they get a massive info pack of, of a lot of information um, as well as working on that throughout their time with me. So for me, I think education is the key, um, you know, and learning why you do certain things, what works for the individual client. Um, so obviously everyone is different. Everyone has a different way that their body will respond or like mentally approaching things. You know, every single client has a different um, way that they respond to certain situations. So everything is very individualized um, and every client works one-on-one -on -one with me so we can kind of find the right thing for them. Um, but yeah, I, I like to just teach people as much as humanly possible about why I'm implementing a certain thing um, and teaching them to be self-sufficient. Because I think for me, that's the most important thing. I don't want to just give someone a meal plan to follow and give them a training plan and they don't know why they're doing it. They don't know the reasoning behind it because then when I'm not there to help them, are they going to just take 10 steps backwards because they have no idea what they're doing? So instead of just giving them something to follow, I actually prefer teaching them how to do it themselves with, you know, guiding them along, obviously, but the more I can teach them how to make, you know, the right food choices and, you know, what kind of calorie level suits them best. And how do you feel when we do this um, and kind of getting them to realize what works for them, you know, how they can motivate themselves, what food choices they can make and like what impact that has. Um, it definitely helps them to set up more positive lifestyle habits that they can then continue on with when we're done coaching. And then that way, you know, my goal for every client is that not only do I want them to get results, but I want them to finish their time with me having learned things that they can continue doing when we're done and that way it's much much easier for them to maintain their results or keep working on new goals um so yeah i think education is the really big one for me yes i mean i'll have to agree with you there education is definitely key for me as well you want to be able to give your your clients tips on how to live the rest of their life in that sort of mindset as opposed to doing these various sort of spurts of energy that that are um going to help them achieve their goals and sort of aim more holistically. So I love what you're doing there. You touched more on, on self-confidence before. Why is that such a big aspect in particularly for women's health and, and why do you focus so heavily on it? 
I just, I think it's such an important part of the process that a lot of diets don't really tackle and they don't really consider. And I think, you know, a lot of people will come to me wanting to lose weight and they're not really feeling great about themselves and they want to make a change. But I think working on your mindset along with your physical goals is actually going to be so much more beneficial because a lot of the time people are just feeling negatively about their body because they're just feeling negatively in general. So working on mindset tasks and focusing on more positives and, you know, a lot of positive reinforcement with my clients has been really helpful. Um, so, you know, I'm just as much their cheerleader as I am their teacher, you know, and I want to encourage them and celebrate wins wherever possible, because I think that's a lot more motivating when you're like, Oh, you know, I wasn't perfect with my diet this week, but I got a lot stronger. I actually feel great now that I can appreciate the changes that I'm making to my lifestyle, you know, and it it can just help be a little bit more positive. And I think people, when you are prouder with what you're doing, you're prouder of yourself in general. And I think you can then recognize more of the positives in yourself and, you know, take that pressure away from worrying about how you look and more worrying about how you feel and focusing on maximizing that. So, you know, it's just a helpful approach in terms of if you're looking to start a health and fitness journey, you know, working on your mindset, I think is just as important as working on your body because even for clients that, you know, they have a a goal of wanting to lose eight kilos in, you know, 12 weeks or something like that. That's cool. And that's a great goal to have if that's what you want to work on, but also focusing on, okay, let's set you some other goals to keep you motivated it can be a strength goal or a fitness goal or, you know, fitting into a certain item of clothing or let's work on your consistency with food choices, whatever it may be. Celebrating wins along the way. A lot of the time, even if they don't reach that weight loss goal, they have so many other things to celebrate throughout the process and be proud of that they actually feel a lot better about their body not even being at that goal yet. So I think the more you can think positively and really focus on all of the small things that make you great, the more you're probably going to feel about your body and have less pressure to look a certain way because at the end of the day, you know, how you look is one thing and that's fine if you want to make changes, but we're more than just our bodies. And I think females are so easily kind of boxed into that corner feeling like we need to look a certain way to be loved or to get attention or whatever it may be. But At the end of the day, like we are the only ones that are in control of the way we feel about themselves. And that doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the way we look. So I try and separate the two. And as much as it's like totally fine for people to want to lose weight or look better or whatever it may be, there's a lot of other things that can impact the way you feel. And relying on only losing weight to feel better is probably not going to have you feel better because you haven't really addressed the reasons why you're not feeling great about yourself in the first place. So I know for myself, you know, I was self-conscious when I was 75 kilos. I was still self-conscious when I was 50 kilos and competing on stage. You know, I still thought I needed to lose more weight or I had flabby bits or cellulite or whatever it was. And that was because for me, I hadn't tackled the mindset issues that I had around my confidence because I was putting all this pressure on like, when I hit this certain weight, I'm going to be happy. And I hit that weight And I wasn't happy and that was a bit of a rude shock for me. So that's why it's so important for me to try and integrate a lot of that mindset coaching with my clients and kind of take the pressure off like thinking that you're going to be happy at a certain weight and just focusing on let's be as happy as you possibly can at your current weight. Focus on all the great things about you. Focus on the things you are achieving and like naturally they tend to feel a little bit better regardless of whether they're at that goal weight or not. Yeah, fantastic, Sammy. I love how you've summed that all up for us there. And you've given the listeners some great points of how to be proud of being in the skin they're in and realize that it's okay to be wanting to make changes to to live a healthier, happier life. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Sammy, I want to talk a little bit about daily habits and how much they impact our life without us even knowing. Just briefly, talk to us a little bit about your daily habits prior to you getting into the health and fitness industry and then talk to us about how they've changed now being involved in in the industry for so long oh god that's a hard one um i don't even know what my like i don't think i had any regular 
habits or like a routine or anything back in the day. And I think that was probably my problem. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a daily routine set up where I would go to the gym at this time of day and I would, you know, plan out my breakfast or I would make sure I hit certain things each day. Um, and I think that kind of had me not having any direction to work towards. Whereas now, like, I'm definitely much more conscious of, like, trying to maintain a routine and not rigidly, you know, if things don't tend to happen like that, that's perfectly okay. But I think having little daily goals to work towards is really helpful. So for me, um now I mean I have my daily routine in terms of like getting up and doing a few things before I work and sort of timeline based um probably the the habits that I have in place now um are more things like making sure I'm getting enough sleep each night so I have a bit of a wind down routine each night to help me de-stress and get into a like a, a more relaxed state to sleep each night. Um, focusing on drinking two and a half to three liters of water every day. Making sure I eat, you know, at least a serve or two of vegetables and fruit every day. Just a few of those small key points, because um, I think you know you don't want to have to be rigid with anything, but having a few of those things to be like, okay, these are a few things I'm going to check off each day to make sure that I am living a healthy life doesn't have to be a perfect 100%, you know, everything being nailed kind of life, but just focusing on a few small things each day and like getting active in some way each day. Some, some days it's just doing 10,000 steps. Um, but, you know, if I can train, great. So, yeah, that's probably the biggest change is just like implementing those few small things that I focus on each day to try and at least feel like I'm making some kind of effort. And then even if I haven't nailed everything, I at least have a few things that I can kind of pat myself on the back for. Yeah, fantastic, Sammy. Sorry for putting you on the spot there a little bit, by the way. No, that's okay. (laughs) Awesome. Just on daily habits, guys, I found this little sort of Bible when I was going through Instagram. And this is a way that social media can actually be influential. And it's nine steps to making sure that your daily habits are in in check, not check, sorry. And to start off with, it's a countdown from nine to one and it's 9,000 steps each day, eight hours of sleep, seven glasses of water, six minutes of meditation, five servings of fruit and veggies, four breaks, whether that be stretching or mental breaks, three meals and three healthy snacks, two hours of no phone before bed and one session of exercise, whether that be going for a walk or or even going to the gym, if you can do that. So I think if they're the nine principles that we adapt our daily routine, then we can, um, we can work towards a healthier, happier life. I think that's awesome. That's so great. I was so wrapped when I found it. I come across, I'm going to steal that. Thank you. That's a really good one. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Now, Sammy, along with daily habits come the diet culture. And I know when I was, initially starting out in the gym scene there was a big work big phase of dieting and and a big emphasis on on the word diet itself why do you think the word diet is so detrimental and how can we shift our focus from diet to more lifestyle approach um i guess the word diet to me isn't as much of a dirty word as some people say because everyone has a diet it's just whether or not you have a healthy one or an unhealthy one you know what you eat every day is your daily diet um but i think dieting in terms of crash diets and things like that that's where i find a lot of the negative connotations because at the end of the day you know the way you eat doesn't have to be you know a diet of you know like restricting yourself or only eating a certain way or only eating at certain times of the day I think that's where a lot of people tend to go wrong um, because you know you have a diet now and if you want it to be a healthier more nutritious diet you can you know swap out some of the unhealthy things that you're eating um, or have them in in less quantities and focus on having more whole foods and more nutrients and more water and fiber um, and making those small swaps will take an unhealthy diet into more of a healthy and balanced diet. Um, but I think balance is probably the biggest word that we should be focusing on because a balanced diet is a healthy diet. If you are having, you know, treats here and there amongst a lot of, you know, nutrient dense food, then that's awesome. But I think 
when people think the word diet, a lot of the time they think, you know, they kind of align that with a crash diet or with a, a really rigid eating plan, like no carbs or, you know, intermittent fasting or things that have a lot of rules around them or eliminating certain food groups. And I think that's where um, people have gone wrong in the past. And again, this just takes it back to that whole going from zero to hundred and cutting things out that you enjoy is, is not going to be very helpful mentally to you because you're going to be miserable while you are dieting. Whereas, you know, if you have a more balanced approach and if you want to lose weight, that's fine. Let's just do it in a really healthy and slow way where you can still incorporate the foods that you love into your daily diet. And it doesn't feel like it's a diet, if that makes sense. Amazing. Um, I love, I love that point. Yeah. I think that's just where people go wrong is that they, they think that in order to see progress, they have to suffer and they have to miss out on the foods that they love. And it just doesn't need to be that way. I have clients that drink alcohol, you know, maybe not every single week they'll go out, but you know, if they have a wedding or if they have an event and they want to drink, like we work out ways to work around that. And that fits into their diet because, you know, everything in moderation. And that does not mean that they're not going to make progress. It just might mean they make a little bit less progress in that particular week. But let's focus on healthy choices around that and, you know, having plenty of water and making sure we eat the right things in that day to kind of offset that alcohol and maybe not going McDonald's drive-thru on the way home as well. Um, But, you know, little things like that, I think we should be able to enjoy the finer things in life. And so where people think diet, I think they think an old school way of dieting, which is so restrictive, because it doesn't need to be that way. And I think, you know, the whole um, flexible dieting approach. I'm so glad that the fitness community has really embraced that in the last two years and more people are doing it and talking about it. And it's kind of just giving a really good example of the way you can eat the foods you love and still see progress and you don't have to do anything extreme just to reach your goals. Amazing, Sammy. And you touched on the word balance before, which is a a word that I emphasize a lot with my clients. And for the listeners at home, can you explain what balance is to you? Um, To me, I I try and approach balance as making sure that I'm living a life that I enjoy, but is also healthy. So I love ice cream. So I eat ice cream almost every night, to be honest, but I choose a healthier, lower sugar, lower fat kind of ice cream that satisfies me without, you know, having as many calories. So for me, that fits perfectly into the calories I've allowed myself for the day. And it means that I'm, you know, staying within my maintenance calories, which is what I'm working towards at the moment is just maintaining. Um, but I can eat the foods I love pretty much every single day. So I, I really get the best of both worlds. So I think balance to me means, you know, staying an equal part of being goal focused, but also doing things you enjoy. So if you're trying to um, achieve a goal and you have to completely go without the things that you enjoy, I don't think that that's a balanced approach. But, you know, balance also isn't like just eating chocolate every single day just because you can. and neglecting you know health as well so primarily you still want to be eating as healthy as possible you want to be having you know lean proteins and fruits and vegetables and all of that good stuff each day but leaving a little bit aside for something that you love is a more balanced approach and the same thing with training you know I used to be quite rigid on training six days a week it was just my routine it was what I always did and now I probably train four or sometimes five times a week. And I find that a much more balanced approach for myself because I work quite long hours a lot of the time. Um, And some days I just, I don't have the time or the energy for training. And previously where, you know, I kind of had this like almost like a compulsion that I had to train six days a week because it was just what I did. Um, You know, I would kind of push myself to get to the gym and do a session when I really wasn't feeling it. Whereas now I'm okay to take a little bit of a step back and go, you know what? I've had a really big day with work. My brain is dead. I'm actually going to benefit more from having a really quiet night, watching a bit of TV or reading a book and getting some extra sleep instead of pushing myself to train. And that's actually going to be so much more beneficial for my body. So it's just finding that line, I think, between working towards your goals, but also doing what feels good for you. Um, And yeah, that's what balance means to me. Yeah. Fantastic summary there. Thanks, Sammy. I want to touch a little bit on motivation because that goes along with the balance aspect. Some people 
think that what's best for them is to really grind through and when their body's sending the warning signs that maybe they should take a break with lack of motivation how do you deal with that and what are some tips for the listeners on how to combat a lack of motivation how to distinguish whether our bodies are just lack of motivation or they're sending us signs to say we need to stop and have a break um i think that is the key there is learning the difference between the two because there's always going to be times where you're not super motivated um and that's okay i think having a routine is quite important um, it doesn't have to be a rigid one, but at least just a loose routine of like, this is just the wheels that are in motion every single day. I don't have to be 110% motivated to do it, but I'm just going to do it anyway because I know I feel good afterwards. That's usually pretty helpful, but knowing the signs of when you really do need a break are important. So, you know, nine times out of 10, I would say if people are feeling unmotivated, they are just kind of having a bit of a lazy day and that's okay. Um, what I say to my clients in terms of training, because a lot of the time after work, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling it. Or, you know, you get up early in the morning and you have to train before work and you're like, oh, I'd rather sleep in. That's normal. Um, but for the most part, I like to, well, this is what I do at least. If I'm like, if I have no valid reason to not train, so I, I physically have the time in the day, I physically have the energy and, you know, I'm not sick or anything like that, then I, tell myself, you know what, I'm just, I'm not feeling it, but I'm going to go to the gym and at least get 15 minutes in. If I get 15 minutes into my session and I'm still not feeling it, I can go home or I can just walk a little bit on the treadmill, get some steps in and call it a day. And I find that by the time I get to the gym and I'm, you know, one or two sets into something, I'll usually be able to push through and get a whole session in. But for me, just like allowing myself like, okay, it doesn't have to be the world's best session. If you're genuinely not feeling it, that's cool. Let's call it a day. Um, but I think a lot of the time it's just like, Oh, I don't want to, I'd rather sit on the couch. Um, so kind of like breaking past that barrier for me is really helpful and being like, I'm just going to do it anyway. Even if I'm not like hundred percent into it, if it's not, you know, scratching that itch, cool, that's fine. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but you also don't want to force yourself. So if you, you kind of have to take a step back and go, why am I not feeling motivated today? Is it I'm just in a funk, which is normal and will happen? Or is there an actual issue? You know, did I have a really bad sleep last night and I'm just exhausted and I don't have the physical energy to do anything? Okay, cool. You probably shouldn't train and maybe, you know, ease off, you know, whatever your diet is for the day and just like take a bit of a breather. Sometimes you need a little bit of a mental break. Um, or like, have I trained six days in a row and I'm trying to train a seventh day and I'm not motivated to do it probably because your body needs a break. So it's, it's hard to really pinpoint that line because everyone has a different line, but I think recognizing the point between like, I'm just having an off day or I really need a break is, is the key to kind of finding that balance. Um, and not relying on motivation because nobody, not even athletes are motivated every single day of their life. And I think trying to keep it into routine as best as possible, like if it's just a little bit of a, a lack of mojo, you can usually still kind of keep things going at least to, you know, 70 or 80%. It doesn't have to be the world's best training session. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent on point with your diet, but at least to kind of try and hit those minimums of like, okay, I'm not feeling motivated to perfectly stick to what I had planned with my food for the day. All right, cool. Let's at least focus on getting in some protein, getting in some fiber and some fruit. And if I'm not feeling like I want to stick to my calories, cool. I'm going to have an extra treat tonight and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, so it's just kind of finding that difference, but trying to keep in routine regardless of motivation is probably a big one. Cause you'll find that just through keeping those wheels in motion you might have an off day today, but it's going to be easier for you to continue tomorrow instead of completely riding the day off today just because you're not motivated. So I know like when clients have one bad day, a lot of the time it can spiral into several because you just kind of dig yourself a little bit of a hole. So if you're like, I'm not feeling motivated today, I'm just going to do nothing and I'm just going to sit and be a potato and watch TV and eat a whole tub of ice cream because I'm just not motivated you know, that's going to set you further backwards as opposed to being like, all right, I'm not feeling super into it today, but I'm at least going to go for a walk. I'm at least going to try and have a healthy dinner, whether I track my calories or not, I'm just going to make some good choices. And then that way you'll probably feel a little bit better when you wake up and you'll probably be more motivated by the next day. 
Yeah, fantastic, Sammy. And I think the turning point for me with my training was understanding that it doesn't have to be the world's best session every single time and I don't have to go out and give 110% every session. It's okay to take a step back. And once I started Mm -hmm. realizing that with my training, it sort of adapted into my nutrition as well because then when I was finding myself indulging in those treats, I wasn't deprived, like smashing it all because I like would feel bad for it and then wait another week to have that. I was you know, accepting that I've had a little bit of, of chocolate or a little bit of ice cream or a little bit of this and moving on and just keeping it at that little bit instead of bursting it out all into, into that big, big sort of drama, like I said before. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's like losing that all or nothing approach is really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Now, Sammy, I know that a lot of females struggle with this and that's weight training versus cardio. And I know that often women are scared of doing weights. Why shouldn't women be scared of doing weights? Um, I mean, there's nothing to be scared of. I think the biggest hesitation from a lot of women is either they think that training with weights is going to make them super muscly or they're intimidated because they don't actually know what they're doing. And so it's like, where do I start? How do I do everything? You know, that can be really tough. Um, so I guess I'll debunk the first one because there's no reason why a female would gain a ridiculous amount of muscle quickly or ever, um, because we just aren't genetically predisposed to be able to build muscle that easily. So it takes several years to gain a lot of muscle as a female, um, or as a male, um, but definitely harder for females, which we don't have the hormones to produce that as much as men do. Um, so I know that a lot of girls are like, oh, I'm just going to do cardio to lose weight. And, you know, I don't want to be really muscly, but at the end of the day, weight training is actually super beneficial, even on a weight loss journey. Um, because not only will it help you to grow or maintain your muscle mass while you're dieting, whereas, you know, cardio only you'll lose muscle and fat, but if you're weight training, you'll kind of hold on to that muscle and lose fat. So you'll actually look a little bit better in terms of shape. Um, but also weight training burns a hell of a lot of calories, um, maybe not as much during the session. So if you compare like 60 minutes of cardio to 60 minutes of weight training for, you know, minute for minute, um, cardio kind of burns like a slight amount more, but once you're finished with your cardio, that calorie burn basically stops. Whereas in weight training, your body actually needs fuel to also like repair your muscles after training. So that calorie burn actually continues on for 24 to 48 hours after your session. So in terms of a calorie output perspective, weight training is actually really beneficial. But on top of that, it also gives you another way to channel your energy into your progress. So instead of just focusing on scale weight, you can also focus on, all right, maybe the scales aren't moving as much as I would like them to, but I'm getting stronger. You know, I'm learning new exercises. I'm achieving new things. And it can kind of get your routine a little bit more exciting. Um, And yeah, in terms of if females are intimidated because they don't know what they're doing, just start. If you want to learn by, you know, starting with group fitness classes or something like that, just to get you more comfortable with using dumbbells and barbells, like cool, go for it. Or get yourself a personal trainer and just learn the basics. You don't have to train super heavy if you're not comfortable with it initially. But using a little bit of resistance training is going to be so beneficial to your long-term success that it's definitely worth pushing through that initial intimidation and recognizing that this is going to be really helpful to improving your body composition. You know, if you want to have curves and, you know, shape, or if you want to work on, say, having abs, it's probably going to be more beneficial for you to be incorporating weight-based training instead of just cardio. Fantastic, Sammy. Hit the nail on the head there. And I think that weight training and or resistance training is such a beneficial thing in terms of functionality for everyday life, being able to bend down and pick your children up off the floor or bend down and pick up the grocery bag that weighs a ton. You know, weight training gives you the the tools to be able to do that efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to support your everyday life. Just to be even 5% stronger is going to help you. So I I don't know. I mean, I I guess I used to be the same and I used to do a lot of cardio because that's all I knew how to do and I didn't really know what to do. And, you know, the weight section of the gym was kind of intimidating. But 
learning bit by bit um, was really helpful to me. And getting a personal trainer was probably the biggest game changer because then I knew how to use all the machines. I knew what to do. And I was like, okay, cool. Now I can use this information. Um, But yeah, my body definitely changed the most when I started incorporating weight training. And I am not super muscly, but if you want a nice butt, you kind of need to do weights. (laughs) Definitely, Sammy. And this is not putting down cardio at all because cardio is such a beneficial way of training and awesome internally for your body. But a a combination of both resistance and cardio is going to be beneficial for whatever goal that you have. Definitely. Awesome. Sammy, coming to the end of the podcast now, I just want to ask you this question. Obtaining all the knowledge that you have now from your Cert 3 and 4 in fitness, being a personal trainer, all your other qualifications, and most of all, life experience, what would you say to your younger self that's taking her first step in the door at the gym? Um, I would probably say not to obsess so much about hitting a certain goal weight because I know for me that was a really big like motivator initially was working towards a goal weight. I had this number in my head that I always wanted to be 52 kilos because I had this photo of my mom from not long after she had me. I think I was maybe like less than one years old and she was 52 kilos in that photo. Apparently she was like, yeah, that was about my weight then. And I just thought she looked absolutely banging. So I always had this number in my head that I wanted to be 52 kilos. And I put so much pressure on my health and fitness journey of like wanting to get to that weight and never being satisfied without that. Um, And I think that was really detrimental to my progress because I had put so much focus on that. And funnily enough, I got to that weight and I got a few kilos less than that. And I I still didn't feel that amazing feeling that I thought I was going to have where, you know, I just thought that my life was going to be together when I hit 52 kilos and I was going to feel more confident and great and everything was going to be amazing. And I was going to be more popular and more, you know, willing to go out and talk to boys or whatever it might be. Um, And yeah, fixating on that number for me was really unhelpful. And I think at the end of the day, you need to focus on the journey and like getting healthy, not just physically, but also mentally um, instead of worrying just about what you weigh. Because there's so many other ways to measure your progress. Like I am way stronger than I ever used to be probably not as fit because I don't do as much cardio, but you know, there have been times where I've been fitter, um, but I'm definitely healthier. I'm definitely more balanced. I never binge eat. I don't restrict. Um, so for me, like there's so many other wins um, and I feel so much better now being the weight that I am instead of, you know, caring about weighing a certain weight. So I guess that's probably the biggest advice I can give anyone is like, it's, completely okay to want to make changes but I think fixating on a certain goal weight or you know a number in general um, isn't as beneficial to you and to try and like take a step back and focus on getting healthier getting stronger you know setting some other non-weight related goals um, and just like appreciating where you're at in your journey and not tying all your happiness to being a certain weight. Fantastic Sammy that's such a useful message and I know in particular, when I was on my weight loss journey, I had this fixation of getting below 80 kilos again. This was, sorry, I lost all my weight initially. And then a year or two down the track, I sort of gained it a little bit and wanted to get back down below 80 kilos. And I remember this one day I was really, really physically depleted. I was training seven days for God knows how long and restricting my calories and had this fixation of getting under 80 kilos and looked at the scales and I was 80.4 and it was in the morning and I'm like, Oh, I've really got to go to the gym. I've got to keep this grind on. It's only 500 grams to go. Then I'm under 80 kilos. Anyway, I did that and the emotional stress that that caused me getting under 80 kilos. And I took photos from 80.4, 80 kilos and 400 grams to 79 kilos and God knows what. no physical difference to me and it did not cure any of my my mental stress that that happened along with that so i love that point that stop stop being fixated on a specific number or or weight on the scales Mm -hmm. awesome sammy now lucky last question here and i know that a lot of people get a lot of thrill out of this one and what is your main message sammy why do you get out of bed every day Um, I mean, I just love helping people. 
I know how great I feel now that I've found a really balanced lifestyle for me where I'm healthy and fit and genuinely happy. So for me, like I just want to help people find that themselves. So whether that be through improving their health and fitness or working on mindset stuff, just seeing people thrive in as many ways as possible really is like the most heartwarming and like rewarding part of my job. Um, So I just really hope to give people more understanding on how you can do things healthily. um, And, you know, if you have goals, that's great, but tackling them in the healthiest way that isn't detrimental to your happiness is like the most crucial thing. So if you want to diet, cool, let's find the healthiest way possible to do it where you can still eat the foods you love and you can still have your date nights and all of that and kind of do both things at once. And maybe you won't be making as fast progress as you would if you're restrictive, but you're definitely going to be a lot happier. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the time people want to achieve things with the health and fitness with the goal of it making them happy. So if you can be as happy as possible in the process, that's even better, right? Definitely. Hit the nail on the head there, Sammy. I love everything that you're doing in this industry and the message you're spreading across to not only females, but I know a lot of my male listeners will definitely take a lot of points out of this because I, I have as well. Now, where can we reach you? Where can someone get in contact with you to look into doing some personal training, some online coaching? Talk to us about that. Um, so you'll find me on Instagram at Sammy Rose Fitness. There's just one M, so S-A-M-I Rose Fitness. Um, and my website is linked through my Instagram profile. It's just samirosefitness.com. Um, I take inquiries via email for coaching. Um, I'm not actually currently doing any one-on-one personal training in person. Um, so I'm exclusively online and just for females. Um, but I also have a range of eBooks on my website that, um, cover eight week training programs or nutrition guides and bits and pieces like that. Um, so everything basically is through my Instagram, samirosefitness. Awesome. And I'll have that in the show notes, guys. And if you have any questions about the podcast or questions about anything health and fitness related, whether it be self-confidence or anything under that umbrella, be sure to send Sammy a message and and be sure to send me a message as well. I'll try and help out wherever I can too. Yeah. I'm happy for anyone to DM me if they have any questions or want to go any further into anything that we've talked about today. Awesome, Sammy. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure picking your brain and, and understanding different, different aspects there are to, to health and fitness. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a great chat. Thank you for having me. And that's this week's dose of Euphoria. Connect with myself and the Euphoria Health community on Instagram or Facebook at Euphoria Health. Through these channels, you'll find cool workouts, plant-based recipes and daily challenges. Until next time, guys, I'm your host, Matt Zapala, and remember, don't settle for anything less than euphoria.